Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 444 Monday, July 19th. Today on the show, we will get you ready for day one of SEC Media Days down in Alabama. We will recap yet another thrilling soccer match at Nissan Stadium. But we begin with the Nashville Predators saying goodbye to yet another one of their most beloved players in yet another huge trade. The 440 is brought to you every single morning by the Kingston Group. Look, money is super cheap right now, but buying and selling houses in Nashville, the opposite of cheap. So if you're debating buying a new house or renovating your own, it's a no-brainer. Take that cheap money to someone you trust to add value to your property. This is what the Kingston Group has been doing for over a decade in Nashville. Their nose-to-tail approach with the comprehensive and detailed plan on the front end to the finished product on budget and on time on the back is why they have been successful. And it's why they're so trustworthy. So if you're on the fence about a big spend on your home because money is cheap and renovations not only make you happy, but they also make you money, just talk with the Kingston Group. Just have a conversation and see if they can come up with a strategy that makes your vision for your home come to life. The website is buildkg.com. You can see all of their work there. All I am asking for is just to talk to them. That's buildkg.com. The Nashville Predators traded Ryan Ellis Saturday afternoon just before the expansion draft protection lists were submitted to the NHL League office for the Seattle Kraken. The Preds sent the 30-year-old assistant captain to Philadelphia in a three-team deal that returned young forward Cody Glass from Vegas and young defenseman Phil Myers from Philly. Before we get into exactly who Glass and Myers are and why the Preds would want them, let's dive into why a second-beloved and respected core member of this organization would be traded away in the first place. Ellis just turned 30 and still has six more years left on his contract at over $6 million per season. He's coming off a down year and has missed massive chunks of time almost every year since the Stanley Cup run. He missed 38 games in 2018. He missed 20 games in 2020 and 21 games last season. Even with playing every game in 2019, he's missed almost 30% of his team's games over the last four seasons since sustaining the major knee injury in that cup run. And of course, his game hasn't really been the same since the concussion Corey Perry gave him at the Winter Classic. Gotta love that guy. That said, when healthy, Ryan Ellis is still a a 23-minute-a-game player who is among the league's best. I will be very honest. My favorite three players of this generation of Preds hockey have all left the organization in the last few weeks. It's jarring. Just as a fan of the team, Victor Arvidsson, Pecorina, and Ryan Ellis are probably my three favorite players, and losing them is a huge blow to the leadership and heartbeat of that Preds locker room. Undoubtedly, fans are going to feel very weird watching Ellis and Arvidsson playing in other uniforms next season. So why do it? And how does it illuminate the future strategies of David Poyle? The comps for a player of Ellis's size with his style of play and his injury history on top of a very long and hefty contract made him a diminishing and therefore expendable asset almost exactly like Arvidsson. He did play 10 years of hockey in a Pred sweater. The two moves combined to clear up $10.5 million in cap space per year for years to come and allows us to assume a few things about what's going on in Poyle's head. Based on the return, or lack thereof, of what he got for such a critical piece of the team, the pressure now to re-sign veteran D-man Matthias Ekholm just went up exponentially. You've got the cap space and a glaring hole in the blue line. Keeping the big fella is an absolute must for all of the reasons. It also indicates high opinions of young players Alex Carrier, Dante Fabro, Myers, and maybe even prospects Jeremy Davies and David Ferentz. 
With Yossi and Ekholm, this team still has plenty of blue line talent and lots of young options, with Myers being one of them. The assumption has to be that they are comfortable with at least one or two of those young players turning into regular top four defensemen. Which brings us to Phil Myers and Cody Glass. Glass is a six foot three, 200 pound Canadian who was the sixth overall pick in the 2017 draft. The 22-year-old has never really been able to establish himself in Vegas' starting lineup, getting chances each of the last two seasons and totaling just nine goals and 13 assists in 66 games. He plays with good pace, moves the puck well, doesn't mind contact, has some offensive skill, why else would you be taken six overall, and it appears he is having some trouble unlocking his ability. While Glass might sound a bit underwhelming relative to the talent that Poyle gave up in Ellis, he does sound exactly like a John Hines player. He's not the smoothest of skaters, and that appears to be the thing that's kept him out of the Knights lineup. He doesn't have top-line potential, but if Hines can get the most out of him, he figures to be a dependable middle six forward with second-line upside. The six foot five Myers, also Canadian, has played in 94 of Philadelphia's 125 possible games over the last two seasons and averaged almost 19 minutes per game last year for the Flyers. The 24-year-old, much like Glass, appears to be a middle-of-the-pack player. With some development and experience, there is a chance that he's got top four upside. Wait a second. So you're telling me we traded away one of the franchise's best players and leaders who fans loved for a potential third-line winger and third-line defenseman? Yes, unfortunately, that is exactly what might have happened. I don't give Poyle particularly high marks for what he got in return unless Hines can unlock both young players and elevate their games, which is certainly possible. But adding youth, continuing the destruction of the core moving another big contract on a diminishing asset, it all seems like a pretty big swing at something resembling a rebuild. We've called it a soft reset on the Gold Standard Podcast, the Preds podcast of record with yours truly and Adam Vingan of The Athletic. But with fan favorites getting traded or retiring left and right, an expansion draft looming, and lots of unsigned free agents, this roster is going to look shockingly different when camp opens up in the fall. As a side note, the Gold Standard, out normally every single Wednesday morning, We'll be out as soon as we learn who Seattle has taken in the expansion draft. Speaking of the expansion draft, of course, the Nashville Predators submitted their list to protect players over the weekend. They, of course, protected goalie UC Saros, defenseman Roman Yossi, Matias Ekholm, Dante Fabro, Alex Carrier, and Phil Myers, as well as forwards Philip Forsberg, Luke Cunning, and Tanner Janot. That leaves, of course, Callie Yarncroke, Rocco Grimaldi, Nick Cousins, Colton Sissons, Yakov Trenin, and Rem Pitlick available as well as Matt Duchesne and Ryan Johansson. We will discuss this strategy on the Gold Standard after the expansion draft on Wednesday. Please rate, review, and subscribe. SEC Media Days gets started on Monday, and each day this week I will try to give you something about each team I am looking forward to seeing in camp. The only meaningful storyline on Monday, as I've said before, will likely come from Commissioner Greg Sankey. The SEC Commish said in June about the NFL that they aren't making anyone get vaccinated, but are absolutely fine making life miserable for those who are not. NC State found out the hard way in baseball, and I expect Sankey on Monday to lay out either very specific guidelines and expectations, or at least some pretty obvious insinuations about how they will handle outbreaks, testing, scheduling issues, and more. As I've said before, games will not get moved or postponed this year. They will be forfeited. So prepare yourselves accordingly. Meanwhile, on the football side of things, Florida, South Carolina, and LSU will get things started on Monday. And what do people need to know about these teams as we head into camp? LSU might be the most fascinating team in the entire country. I have no freaking clue what they are. 
They could be top 10 good if new coaching staff changes work. The quarterback situation is ironed out quickly and off the field issues are not a distraction. Or the Tigers might not even be a top 25 team because of, well, major coaching changes, inconsistency at quarterback, and too many distractions off the field. So basically, I have no freaking clue what to expect from LSU. They are one of the most interesting teams in all of college football heading into camp. Cornerback Derek Stingley is arguably the best defensive back in America and will be the focal point on Monday for LSU fans. Florida's Dan Mullen will be joined by two senior defensive front seven players, defensive lineman Zach Carter and linebacker Ventrell Miller, which is interesting because Mullen's defense and his relationship with defensive coordinator Todd Grantham is by far the most interesting aspect of this Gators team. Last year was very un-Gator-like on defense, and even having to replace a bunch of high-end talent on offense isn't as concerning as the questions surrounding the heart of this Gators D. Interior defensive line, linebacker, and safety, right up the gut, is where all of these questions lie. If the defense gets back to normal in Gainesville, I trust Mullen to implement an offense that scores enough to win each Saturday, which could easily put them back in Atlanta should things fall their way. South Carolina. Where to begin with first-year head coach Shane Beamer, who's literally never called a play on offense or defense before in his entire career? Well, Carolina has plenty of interesting talent, nothing like the league's best teams, but far more than their projected win totals indicate, which are not many games. We know Beamer can recruit, we don't know if he can coach, and we definitely don't know if he can develop. If he can do just a little bit of developing and just a little bit of coaching, especially along the defensive line, then there are some pieces to like about this roster and maybe they can pull an upset or two. He will be joined on Monday by two seniors, pass rusher Kingsley Enigbare and tight end Nick Muse. Once again, those who showed up to Nissan Stadium to support Nashville SC not only got their money's worth, but witnessed history. Designated player Hani Mukhtar scored the first ever hat-trick in club history in the 5-1 win over Chicago. It was the most goals Nashville SC has ever scored in a match, and it was the fastest hat trick in MLS history. It took just 16 minutes for Mukhtar to put three in the back of the net. An awful giveaway by Chicago set him up with an easy finish low and left from just inside the 18 in the 10th minute. His second came just three minutes later after a couple of long, brilliant touches by Randall Leal and Dan Lovitz. Mukhtar threw some nifty fakes at a defender to create just enough space to get off a clean shot and buried it just inside the right post beyond the outstretched hand of the keeper. Both were excellent goals, quality finishes, especially the second. But his third? What a thing of beauty. Just three minutes later, Mukhtar stood over a set piece just outside the 18 with a five-man wall in front of him and with exceptional precision, bent it over and around the wall, beyond the reach of the goalie, off the crossbar, and into the netting. It obviously sent the crowd, the broadcast booth, and all the boys in gold into complete pandemonium. It was a special 16 minutes that won't soon be forgotten by the more than 23,000 people who were there, setting a season high for attendance again. More and more people continue to show up to watch Nashville SC, and the club continues to put on a show every single time out. And most importantly, the club secured a result and picked up three points in a home match against a bad team. It was a must win. Everyone knew it. And they delivered in a big way with style and with flair. The squad will now play four of their next five on the road. Get used to hearing stats like that during the second half, including a trip to Columbus on Wednesday night to face the crew in their brand new stadium before hosting rival Cincinnati at Nissan Stadium next Saturday. That is 10 home matches in 2021 for Nashville SC and not a single defeat. 
But of course, the 440 is brought to you every single day for free by the Kingston Group, Nashville's award-winning, locally-owned custom home and remodeling firm. Money is super cheap right now. Now is the time to do some work on your house. And you need someone trustworthy to make sure that they handle the future of your property and your home with care and responsibility. The Kingston Group are the people to do this. Check out the website, buildkg.com. Just have a conversation with them. I guarantee you, you'll walk away impressed and ready to get to work. That's buildkg.com, the Kingston Group. Thank you guys all for listening. Of course, please share the show. Tell one person about the product or everybody that you know. Either way, I'm fine. You can follow me on Twitter, Braden Gall. My name is Braden Gall. Thank you again all for listening. This has been the 444 Monday, July 19th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.